table with a bunch of info about, about chaplaincy and how uh, you guys can get involved. I actually look after the Nelson area too, so I'll be back here looking at all of that. So also out on the table, and I asked Al for permission just to share a bit about this, is so because I work for a missions organization, I actually raise my own support, and there's a little bit of info about that. If you want to be part of that team, whether it's just being uh, on the prayer team uh, or even financially giving towards some of that, that's out there, and I won't say any more, more than that, but appreciate uh, all of your support and your love and the, the support that you are already already giving. Uh, most of you will know, while I was leading Aspire Church, I was also doing chaplaincy with the Nelson Giants. So that officially ends at 1 p.m. tomorrow as we hand, hand that over, and I, and I move on. But, um, but that's, um, it's cool, it's cool, and I'll be obviously back uh, as, as that, uh, the months pass on. So good to be here. Good to be here. Are you ready for uh, the word this morning? Um, cool. I've never preached from a laptop before, so hopefully that'll uh, all go well. Um, but I, so I understand that you are in this transformed series. I don't know how many weeks you've been in on that. Oh, a few weeks. Awesome. Sounds like a really, uh, a really good topic, a great topic. And I do love that passage in Romans 12, uh, verse 2, which you were basing uh, that off. Do not conform the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, uh, of your mind. But I love the next little bit that goes with it. It says, then, it's like a promise attached to that, then you will be able to test the, and approve what God's will is, what God wants for your life, what His purpose for your life is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, just think about, think about that promise. When when the world inside of you is doing well, when you are being transformed on, on the inside, when that is taking place, then you get to discover your place in the world around you. You get the world inside you right and on the right track, then the world outside of you begins to make a lot of sense as well. Amen? How many know there's a lot of confusion in the world outside of us? There's enough stuff going on in the world around us. We've got to get the world inside of us sorted out uh, as, as well. And so it's definitely about an inside thing going on that we've, we've got to get sorted, which, by the way, is, uh, is the title of, uh, of my message this morning. Maybe, uh, Jack, if you could do that for me. I've entitled this message, Inside Out, In, Inside Out. And I just want to bring a, a few thoughts uh, that others in the coming weeks, however long you're on the series for, can just add to. So if you've got a Bible, Matthew chapter 23, we're going to uh, launch from there, Matthew 23. It will come up on the screen as well. I have a, a friend who's uh, from Nelson, you don't know who he is, and he once joined the gym a couple of years ago. Anyone go to the gym here, have a gym membership? Uh, Matt McClooney, I know you do, you don't go, but I know you have one. And uh, well, he, his very first time going to the gym, he was a little nervous, but um, he uh, got his membership sorted on the first day. He arrived, arrived nice and early, and he uh, began with sort of a long, a long session or a long warm-up on the stationary bike. And uh, just to familiarize himself with the, with the surroundings and the gym and where everything was and take a look at the people who were there, just have a scan of the place. And he noticed that everyone seemed friendly enough. They were smiling at him. And he concluded that, wow, okay, this isn't so bad. This is going to be a, a long, wonderful relationship with this gym. It's going to be great. And, 
And that was, uh, it was all of that until he stepped off the stationary bike a few minutes later to really get started. And he looked down at his shorts and he realized that he was wearing them inside out. They were the wrong way round. The, you know, the pockets were all, all hanging out and there was a tag floating around uh, at, at the back. And it was possibly why he concluded while everyone was smiling at him when, when they walked past. And so he promptly went to the locker, grabbed his bag and car keys and ran out and never went back again. That was the end of it <laughs> because he, he wore his shorts inside out. I don't, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Maybe not so embarrassing, but... You've, uh, I've certainly put clothes on the wrong way, but normally before I leave home, I, I, realize, uh, I realize that I've, I've done that. Um, yeah. Jesus had or has a bit to say on this subject of, of living inside out. I'll get you guys just to do the slides, don't worry about it. And uh, what Jesus mentions about being inside out or living a life that way, it actually it isn't particularly humorous. And unfortunately, it's aimed toward the religious fraternity. It, it says this in verse 37 of Matthew uh, 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. In other, in other words, look out, you are in trouble. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones, the dead, and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, everyone say outside. outside. On the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, everyone say inside. inside. On the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Whoa, this is a pretty heavy passage here, and Jesus really is having a go at some of the people in his day. And so he's taking to task those, those of the religious community who are living from the outside in. I want you to, I want you to see this play on words. That from a place where it, it appears like everything is okay, everything's looking good, but on the inside, on the inside where actually it counts, right? Uh, not everything is well. And, and so their lives, a disparity, right? And sometimes a stark contrast in our, in, our, uh, in, our, in our lives between who we appear to be, what we look like on, on the outside, and actually who we really are. Because we're more than just a physical being, right? We have a soul, we have a heart, we have this internal place. And, and the, the problem, according to Romans chapter 12, is, is until we turn that around, that outside in, and we start living from the inside out. And until we start paying some attention to what's going on on the inside, the Bible suggests that we will never discover God's good, perfect, and pleasing will for our lives. And so this is really important stuff. This sermon series is really important. And as I said, I'll leave others in the coming weeks. And as you've heard them spend more time on how we do that. How, how do we experience this internal transformation? But I just got some questions, I guess, and that's, you know, what is it that causes us to live an outside-in kind of life? Why are we doing, why do we do that? We live this outside-in, not an inside-out kind of, kind of life. I remember hearing a story, maybe even shared, shared it here, about 
uh, a large oak tree that sat in the center of a of a town square, and this was like a a monument. It was a it was a focus or the centerpiece of this town. It was a symbol of strength and stability. And families would have photos taken under this tree. They would sit under the tree for picnics, and its long and and full branches would provide shelter and shade to people. And then and then one night after this huge storm that blew all all night, the townsfolk awoke and they came to work and they discovered at the center of town their beloved oak tree had actually fallen over and was now lying on the ground completely split in two. And then as they began to look closely at their beloved oak tree, they they found or discovered a startling truth that no one before had been able to see, and that was on the inside of this tree, which was now split open, revealed that Over years and years and years, this tree had been rotting from the inside out, but no one ever knew what was really going on. And friends, outward appearances, can't they be really, really misleading, even even deceiving, right? It's, It's very easy for us to put on a mask and just smile and fake it, right? Someone... Uh, someone whose name I can't pronounce, they once said this, we all wear masks, and we do. And the time comes when we cannot remove them without removing some of our own skin. Because what happens is, is we become so accustomed, so used to, so it's just become habit to pretend, to disguise ourselves, that in the end we actually become a little bit disguised for even ourselves. And we need the Holy Spirit to do that inside-out kind of a work. And what happens within our faith communities, which remember, that's who Jesus was having a bit of a go at, that that we have this expectation that when we come to Christ, we all of a sudden become perfect. Did that happen to anyone? I mean, spiritually it does. But uh, did anyone's problems just kind of miraculously disappear and go away when you first came to Christ? Like Jesus just waved his magic wand and shazam, it was all good. Not me. I mean, I'm grateful for the miraculous and those moments in time when he does sort of uh, come on down and touch our lives. But but that's not always the case. And, And sometimes we have this expectation, man, unless I am anything but perfect, I'm somehow letting down the body. And, and while there is certainly a moral standard, which as the church we need to represent and stand up for, we, we don't give a lot of time to the journey of becoming the free people that Jesus wants us to be. And that process of freedom as sometimes we kind of limp our way through life a little bit, but ultimately of being transformed, of becoming those, those free people. Sometimes we think, you know what, there's a little bit of dishonor in, in, in disclosing my faults to somebody else, or there's humiliation involved in confessing my shortfalls to someone, or there's shame in acknowledging that parts of my life are, are weak. And, and then so to avoid that shame, we just pretend that everything is good, and we put on those masks and we say, I'm fine, how you doing? No, I'm great, everything's going great. No, it's not. Right? And then there comes this duality of living where our outside world does not match what's going on on the inside. And that is what Jesus was on about. 
That's what he was saying. Woe to you. Woe to you if you find yourself living a life where the outside isn't matching the inside. And I just, I believe that the journey of being transformed has to start with this realization that God sees us from the inside out. He's not looking at you from the outside in. He's looking at you from the inside out. And he sees us that way because it's important. It's, a, it's what actually matters. It's a, a point no better illustrated in the Bible than in 1 Samuel 16, where, where Samuel is sent out to anoint the new king of Israel. All he knows is that this king uh, is going to be from the sons of Jesse. And, and, and he turns up at Jesse's house. And from the outside, boy, David's older brothers are strapping young lads. Strong and tall, and, and so they all look superior. And Samuel says to God, surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. Look at this man. And uh, you'll know this passage, it is on the screens, verse 7 of, uh, of, second, of 1 Samuel 16. God says to Samuel this, do not consider the, his appearance or his height. Every short person in the world is like, amen. Oh, that's great. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. We look at the outside in. But the Lord looks at the heart. God looks at the inside, not the outside. He looks at the inside. God looks at us from the inside out, not the outside in. And guess what? So should we. So should we. We we, we so many times get this back to front. We get it inside out that, that uh, it's the way that God is seeing us, the way that we should look, look at others. So don't be fooled, guys, and don't fool yourselves. It's on the inside out that counts. So a few years ago uh, here in, in, in this space, I preached a message uh, about myths that we can uh, believe that cause us to live inauthentic lives. And it just fits so well with this message this morning that I just want to remind you of them. Some of you may have heard these before. So three myths that cause us to live an outside-in life, and then three truths that will help us live from the inside out, all right? All right, number, number one, the, the first myth that uh, you've got to stop believing is that you must be an exemplary example that you have to be the picture of Christ to the community around you. You must live up to this unattainable standard of how the world uh, thinks that, so that they believe that you are Christ-like. And, and I get it that we are, we are being conformed to His image, that we're to be, be looking more and more like Christ. But how many know that striving for perfection is just depressing? It's demoralizing, and it'll probably end in failure. It's an endless pursuit. The Apostle Paul, he said, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. And so he reminds us that it's not, uh, it's not perfection, but it's perseverance that we should be looking for. What does perseverance look like? It looks like getting, getting up again. When we struggle, when we fall, get up Get back on your feet and keep going. Don't give, don't give up. Paul went on to say, God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. And so his, his witness wasn't tainted 
by the fact that he didn't actually have it all together. Certainly his background, that he was a murdering Pharisee, and he, he's turned into, by the grace of God, this super apostle who writes most of the New Testament. We're aware that there was a thorn in his flesh. I don't know what that was. But if he can write most of the New Testament, and then surely God can use you and me. Surely. No one is perfect, right? That's why pencils have erasers. So we can just do some adjusting from time to time. And so I've, I've found, I don't know about you, but God uses imperfect people. That is his specialty. He loves that. And he, yes, he loves us too much to let us stay in that place, in that space, in that, in that place of restriction. But listen, you've got to realize that you don't have to be an exemplary example. Keep it real. Number two, myth number two is if I appear okay, I'll be okay. If it just looks okay on the outside, I'll, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll just, you know, this things will magically work themselves up if I keep up appearances. But you've got to know, and I'm, I'm just reminding you of this, that real change takes place on the inside. It takes place in our mind, our thinking, our beliefs, our heart, our, that, that soul kind of a place. External change uh, on the outside is a result of internal truth being worked out having its way on the inside of us, having our mind renewed with truth until our beliefs and our actions begin to change and become manifest. It's all what's going on, on in the inside. And, and I've said here before, it, it, it takes a whole lot of effort to pretend to be someone else, doesn't it? It's why actors get paid so well. Pretending to be someone else is hard. And unless you're being paid for it, just stop doing that. Stop it. a change of heart, and then a change of actions. Don't believe the lie that if, if you just look okay, then, then it'll be okay. Number three, the last myth is, is, is a biggie. No one will love me. No one will like me. No one will think I'm cool if they really knew the real me, if they knew what was going on on the inside. And this is a huge one, and it deals with shame. If people really knew what I was like, uh, there's this author called George Shaw, not on the screen. He says this, we live in an atmosphere of shame. We are ashamed of everything that is real about us, ashamed of ourselves, ashamed of our relatives, of our incomes, of our accents, of our opinion, of our experience, just as we are ashamed of our naked skins. And we live in a culture in some ways of shame. And guess what? Our adversaries greatest tool is to keep us in shame and keep things in our lives internally hidden in the dark secret concealed but with that comes that shame and that restriction and that hindrance and that ineffectiveness but listen how many know when we bring some of that stuff our weakness into the light it looses the power that the enemy has over us about that's like the hold of that is, is diffused over us if, we find people, not everyone, but find a few people that we can trust and disclose, confess, talk to somebody who you can trust and love and realize that we've all been accepted and loved by God unconditionally. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Unconditional love. Loved you're loved. And so when we as a community, a faith community, begin to, you know, really foster that environment and, and demonstrate that same unconditional love to others, 
someone says, you know what, I'm actually struggling with something on the inside. You know, that's okay. Come on, let's, let's walk together on this one. Man, that's powerful. Here's some truths. There's three dumb things. Let's look at some, some things you do need to know. Number one, truth number one is you've got to be real to yourself. First off, be real to you. You don't need to, be, to pretend to be someone else. Psalm 139 says that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. You are unique. You are a masterpiece of God, the way he has created and wired you. You were born an original. Don't die a copy. Uh, actress Judy Garland, uh, probably a little old for me, but she said this, always be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. No one can do you as good as you can do you. So don't suppress your God-given identity. Use it to reach other people. I've said here a lot over the years, if you're a little weird, then reach weird people. All right? And there's some weird people here. (laughs) Not looking at anyone. Right, we're all a little strange, okay? We're all someone else's weirdo, right? Someone thinks you're strange out there. You don't, but believe me, they do. Reach people with your uniqueness. Find people. Come on. <laughs> all right, truth number two. Be real to yourself. Number two, be real to God. Be real to God. And so living authentically, living an authentic life, living from the inside out is, is a life or a lifestyle that allows God to put his finger on parts of our internal world that needs addressing, like all the time, like every day. Come on, God, what is it? You know, I invite you into those places and places in my life. Again, David in Psalm 139, he had this attitude, search me and know me, oh God, try me and know my, all of my anxieties, all of the mistruths in my life and see if there's any wicked way in me, and then lead me to everlasting. That's a good prayer to pray every single day, because we pick up stuff along the way, and there are always lies that we're believing that we need to go, wait a second, why do I believe that? And allow the Holy Spirit to challenge our thoughts. And so be committed, guys, to spiritual growth. Be committed to that, just as you're committed to other things. Be committed to living an open life, under God, allowing Him to speak, allowing Him to change us, and, and allowing us to move forward with our lives. Because if we, don't, if we don't allow God to be real with us, then that whole perfect, pleasing, and good will of His that He wants to reveal, you're never going to discover it. You're never going to find that. And so, and the other thing is, it's not like He doesn't already know, right? He knows us better than we know ourselves. Number three, be real to yourself, be real to God. Maybe uh, the band could come or Matt could come. Uh, I don't know how you do things around here anymore, but uh, number, number three is be real to others. In fact, you can't have, the, you can't, this doesn't work unless you do this third one. Be, be real to others. So we've got to be engaging with people, people who know how to ask the right questions. Make yourself accountable to people who you trust. Again, I'm not, I'm not telling you to tell, tell all your faults to every single person, but find a few people who love you, trust you, have your back, have your best interest in mind. Someone who cares for you, is looking out for you, maybe uh, one of the pastors. Uh, but you, we should all have a few people in our lives. And this, is a, this may be a challenge to hear. You should have someone in your life 
who's possibly not your partner if you're, if you're married, but who we've given, that'll work as well, who you've given permission to, to challenge, correct, and speak into those areas. Ask the tough, awkward questions. You've got to have that person in your life, because if you don't, that's where things can get a little messed up, and you have to honestly answer back. And I have a couple of people in my life who are able to do that, because we need each other. That's why we have this community. It's to walk with each other. And when we're, when we're struggling, someone else isn't, and they can hold us up. And when they're struggling, you go, you know what, you help me, but I'm going to help you too. And we, we walk this out. We walk this out together. And maybe as you continue on this transformed series, we could just keep giving this some thought around living my life from the inside out. Am I a person where, to the best of my ability and by the grace of God and His help, the, the inside looks more, it looks similar to the outside. I'm not, I'm not walking as two different people. I'll end with this, and you'll have heard me say this before. It's a favorite line of mine, and that's, you know what? I'm not always okay. And I know that you're not always okay, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay, but it's, it's, it's okay. Why? Because Jesus is here. Jesus is in our midst, and transformation is on his heart. That's what he does. That's what he's been doing for thousands of years. That's what he is doing, and that's what he'll continue to do. He will continue to touch people's hearts and do this miraculous, transformative work from the inside out. And we allow, when we allow him to do that, we, we begin to rise as different people that's, and, and go, man, God, I can't believe it. I used to be this, but now I'm that. Not because I started to fake it till I make it or appear to be different on the outside, but because I allowed you to shine your light on the inside of my life and I am being transformed. Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we stand, why don't we stand this morning? I'd love to just pray a, a little and yeah. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this church and these people. I thank you for your love and your, your hand up upon this, this place, these ones. And I thank you for your presence even this morning. I thank you that you care deeply, desperately for us. And I thank you that, that freedom and transformation is indeed on your heart. I thank you for lives that have been touched and transformed. I thank you for the journey and the process of our lives. God, we can struggle at times and we trip and fall, but I thank you that you've promised never to leave us or forsake us and that you're with us through those times. Don't let us ever believe the lie that you turn your back on us. God, that you are ready, available, and willing to pick us up again. I pray for every single person here, God, where there may be struggles, where there may be stuff going on in the inside, secret stuff, I don't know, just stuff that's going on. I, I pray, let there be a grace in this house and over this church and these people where shame comes off, Lord, where, where no judgments are made.
that where we are people of love who will embrace broken, hurting people, God, and that we will help pull them out of the mess of their lives and see them put with the help of God onto the right path and onto the right track. I thank you, God, that when I'm not okay, I look to you and I always know you're okay. God, you are perfect in this relationship. I thank you for who you are and because of that, who we can be in you, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, even for the stuff we're walking through that you're making us free. Help us to be real to you, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Awesome. Thanks, Al.